to Oshiokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and in this episode we'll be talking about episodes 100 through 109 of the original Sailor Moon anime. So, this is going to be a really long episode, be prepared. Uh, it is, however, bookended by two Minako-centric episodes, so episode 100 and episode 109 are Minako-centric episodes. Which is fun. Mm-hmm. She she really doesn't get enough um, spotlight. Yeah, I don't think I think lately in Sailor Moon S we don't get a lot of Ami. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like all of Ami's is just yeah. I understand that the Earth is under like a ton of threat, but uh, we have to pass exams to get into high school. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is like I get it, but also. I'm getting a little tired of it. <laughs> yeah, she's she's literally got just the one personality trait right now. Yeah, we'll talk about that in her character episode, because, oh boy. Because we uh, could but, get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this episode, like we said, it's a Minako episode. Um, it starts with actually us being at Minako's school. Like, we see her middle school, we see her walking around. Like, this is where she's like, oh... I'm just out here, and everybody else is paired off, and um, Artemis is like, uh, focus, Mina, like, we don't know what the, these diamonds are, we don't know what their goal is, and she's like, yeah, whatever, and she passes by the gym where this guy, Asai, is practicing his serves, because he's a volleyball ace, and um, he wants to know why Minako quit volleyball, because she used to be a really great uh, athlete, and she just... She went to England, and then she came back, and she quit volleyball, and he's like, what's happening? Uh, and she's like, well, you know, life. And then she goes home, and this is something that I want to take note of, is because, like, she actually takes her hair out of her big red hair bow, so we finally see her with her hair completely down. We've never seen mm-hmm. that before. Um, and she kind of wonders, like, is this, like, really... All that there is for me is just fighting. Like, I've let go of so many other things. And, like, I can't pursue, you know, romance. Like, this guy clearly has a crush on me, and, like, I like him, and I can't even see if that could go anywhere. And then we cut to the Death Busters, where Professor Temoi decides they have to go for athletes, because athletes have healthy hearts. And he's he's getting um, more eccentric as it goes along. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty funny. This is, like, the part of the anime where it actually starts getting funny again. Like, I feel like it, there was a long swath of time when it was, like, trying to be funny but wasn't really funny. And then there's a swath of time where, like, it was funny but in an ironic way. Like, I feel like the Doomtree arc, there's a lot that wasn't supposed to be funny that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's nice because like everybody's really slapsticky, hilarious. Um, yeah, it's really funny. I I had several times where I was just laughing out loud while watching these episodes. Yeah, um, yeah, and that was refreshing. It's nice to get to a portion of the anime. I'm like, we were in a long spell where it was just like not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Sailor Moon R was just like, oh my god, I'm so tired. And the the previous ten episodes were very formulaic, and that's not to say these next ten episodes aren't formulaic. 
Oh, yeah. Um, but at least there was something to cut that up. Yeah. And it's it's good. Next, we have Minako with the girls at the shrine because they're all studying and Minako's interrupting everybody uh, showing off Sailor V merch. Yeah. I think and it's kind of messed up that, like, somebody's making money off of, like, a fictionalized Sailor V. Her image, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, she digs it. Like, there's, she pulls out, there's, like, a manga, there's sodas, there's Sailor Moon, I mean, Sailor V themed chocolates. Um, yeah, that is pretty cool. I mean, if you're a kid, that would be really cool. Right? Yeah. But, but then she expresses that she wants to take a break from being a senshi. And then she says she's only joking, but then, like, gets up to leave. And, um, like, this is, like, one of the first things in a while that made me laugh out loud was because, like, Artemis is, like, hopping up to go follow her. And Mako says, um, hey, Artemis, look at this cat! Or look at his cat or something. Like something in a book. Yeah, something in a book. And she's like, look at this. And he's like, I don't see a cat. And Mako's, like, shuts it, and she's like, there is no cat. And, like, basically, it's, like, it's so deadpan, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, funny. Yeah, and Luna's like, like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and, like, the whole goal is is they just, they want to give Minako some space, because she clearly needs some space. But, like, it was just, it's funny. It was good. Yeah, and Mina runs into Haruka by herself, and we get, like... We get some casual homophobia here because Minako keeps, like, pestering Haruka about, like, but what, like, do you have a boyfriend? Could you have a boyfriend? Don't you want a boyfriend? And it's just, like, Mina, she's gay. Like, she's, like, she and Michiru are a thing. That's just, like, stop. Yeah, Minako Um, has not, has failed to process lesbianism. So mm -hmm. that's an ongoing thing for her. Ironically. It's just a constant thread through, like, S, where they're, like, constantly, like, look at these two women in love, but then everyone also questioning, like, this is impossible, and it's very annoying. I'm like, stop. Um, yeah. But Haruka tells her, you know, because Minaka's like, I've had to make sacrifices, and I'm wondering if it's worth it. And Haruka says, like, I've also had to make sacrifices, but I have something more important than ordinary happiness. Yeah. And then Minaka decides she's going to go and confess to Asai, and she shows up at the gym, and, like, the volleyball team manager. I don't understand. Look, this is a thing in, like, all girls' manga, and it must be something that happens in real life. But, like, every sports team at a school has, like, a, a manager. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that entails, but it's always another student who just, like, watches the team and, like, make sure they're hydrated and have towels and stay on task. And it's just like, is that the job of a teacher supervising this club? I don't know how this works. This is like a Japan thing that I've never understood. I don't think that made it into the dub because I thought she was just like maybe another girl on the team. No, she's the team manager. Oh, well, she's not, she's not someone on the team. Yeah. But yeah, we, we see very clearly that he's, uh, they're kind they're of together thing. yeah yeah and so she's like oh no and this is when he gets attacked and um kaylee knight shows up and the daimon is a volleyball his name is haiku which is like a portmanteau of haiku which is japanese for volleyball uh which oh. is funny because they all call it volleyball 
Uh-huh. <laughs> but Haikyuu is a is uh, the name of a popular sports anime that that's more recent. So <laughs> okay, it's, it's literally like Haikyuu and Kun. So Haikyuu. Uh huh. Stuff happens. Guy gets defeated. Doesn't matter. Minako recommits to a life as a senshi. And the episode ends really sweetly because Artemis shows up with a bouquet of, fa- of flowers up in a tree. And, like, is just, like, would, you know, like, is just being very nice to Minako. It's just, like, like here's some beautiful flowers for a beautiful girl. And she's like, aw. It's very cute. It's very cute. It is. It. She mentioned it early in the episode, saying like, "Oh, I wish a guy would just come up and give me a bouquet of roses." And and so that's that's what he did. You know, he he followed mm-hmm. what she had been wishing. And it's very. It is a really sweet, just nice moment. It's cute. Artemis does care a lot about Minako. Like he's often scolding her because, you know. You yeah. just gotta watch me not go and you can figure out why. <laughs> but but Artemis is way nicer to Minako than Luna is to Usagi. Like Luna has some absolute terrible moments. <laughs> Lu- like the combo of Luna and Mars just being absolute dicks to Usagi sometimes is a little too much for me. Ray, she's a teenager, so I forgive her a little bit more. You know, she's a kid, and she says some insensitive things and impulsive things. Luna, I know she's a cat, but we know she's she's an alien, and we know she's an adult, okay? Mm-hmm. And she will just callously lay into Usagi. But anyways, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways. Okay. Artemis Next for the episode- win. Artemis is clearly Always. a better cat. That's That's all I'm saying. Look, I usually pick up Luna merch because Luna merch is black, but, like, Artemis is my favorite. Mm-hmm. He's a good boy. He tries so hard. Uh, so, the next episode is the first part of a rare two-parter. We usually don't get two-parters unless they're finales. So, yeah. when this ended on the cliffhanger, I was like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Isaki's birthday. And, like, it opens with, today is my birthday, and it has, like, six in the kanji for month and 30 in the kanji for day. And she's, like, really excited, and her friends are like, okay, and they leave. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what? Like, I can't believe they ditched me. And she's sad, and she's kind of walking along, and she sees these, like, glass slippers on display. They're clearly an art piece. And she's just, like, imagining, she has, like, a whole Cinderella imagination thing, which is very cute. And then she runs into Mamo-chan, and she's like, oh, hey! And he's like, hi! And she's like, I want these slippers! And he's like, uh, it's a little early for Christmas. And she's like, do you not know what day it is? And he's like, uh... Of course I know what day it is! (laughs) How would I forget our anniversary? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she slaps him. Like yeah. hard in front and like like to the point that other people turn around and are like what? And she yeah. yells at him and she runs away because she's really upset because all of her friends just blew her off. Like her boyfriend doesn't know her birthday, and she leaves and um she runs into uh, Haruka and Michiru and she tells them like I'm gonna break up with my boyfriend because he doesn't remember my birthday and then Haruka like heavily hits on her. And Isagi's like, okay, I don't well, understand. Michiru straight up suggests she breaks up with him, too. She's like, oh, I, does she? Yeah, I, yeah she, she's like, you know, I wouldn't be with a man who 
who neglects me like that or something like that. But she does. She she actually encourages her. It's like, yeah, you don't need a guy like that, you know. <laughs> and then how and then Haruku is immediately like, so you're single? Are you available? <laughs> and I'm over yeah. here like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and. And then, like, Michiru, once Isagi leaves, is like, oh my god, I can't believe you were hitting on her in front of me. Uh, And, like, basically gets back at Haruka for, like, heavily hitting on Isagi by being like, you know, that girl could have a talisman. And then they both get really serious. Yeah. Um, And this is something that intrigued me, because, like, they're still by where the glass slippers were. And so Kaylee Knight kind of appears and, like, looks at the glass slippers like, ah, this will be the next daimon. And Haruka Michiru see her, and they recognize her as being the enemy. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this we have never had this indication at all in any of the episodes previous. Like, how do they know? They, like, recognize her as Kaoli Knight. I think they actually say her name. And I'm like, how do you yeah. know her name? She's never introduced herself. Well, we do know that they were already on this mission before they started interacting with Usagi, though. So we don't know how they made of might have crossed paths with her prior. Yeah, I know, but it's never but explained. Yeah. But any yeah, it's of definitely the- not. Ex- yeah, definitely not expo- explained in canon. And it becomes a moot point because she's dead in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that happens that winds up moot by the end of the next episode. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Usagi's like, whatever. I'm gonna go to the temple. Uh, and that's where her friends have a surprise party. And she's like, oh, yeah, you remember. And then she complains about Mamo forgetting her birthday. And they're like, well, does, does he know your birthday? Did you ever tell him? And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, but he should know. Like, he should intuit that. So they're like, so when's his birthday? And she's like, so. I. Oh. <laughs> she's like, mm, I don't actually know that. And everyone's yeah. like. That's really messed up. Like, you can't get mad at him for not knowing your birthday and then not know his birthday when neither of you ever told each other. How could you do this? And so she decides to go find him. And because he's feeling bad about not knowing her birthday, he buys the glass slippers because, again, Mama Chan, loaded. Uh, He buys the glass (laughs) slippers not knowing they've been infected with a diamond egg. And, like, so they run to each other. And he's like, I got you these slippers. And he goes to put them on her. And like mentally I'm screaming because I'm like, those are for display only. (laughs) (laughs) Mentally like, no, this was clearly not something to wear. But like they actually fit Isaki's feet. And as soon as like a slipper goes on, it immediately turns into the daimon. Yeah. And the daimon attacks Usagi. Um... For some reason, like, attacks Isagi because Isagi's a target, and for some reason Isagi takes her brooch off of her uniform, which she's never done, in order to transform. What, so, of course, it's knocked away. Kaylee Nutt appears, like, steps on the brooch, and Isagi, like, freaks out, and Mama Chan comes back as Tuxedo Mask uh, to fight, and Uranus and Neptune are just kind of, like, hovering in the background, like, just waiting for the pure heart to appear to take it. Uh, and see, so they're just watching this whole time. Uh, and because Kaylee Knight has the brew, she figures out that Usagi is probably Sailor Moon, so she's like, ha And Tuxedo Mask and Usagi try to run, and the daimon, whose name is Senisenta, and looks like a glass centurion, like a Roman centurion, they run, they have to fight, uh, there's 
there's one point where like Tuxedo Mask is like losing and he's yelling at Usagi to run and save herself, and then like Senisenta like puts glass all around him. He gets encased in glass. Yeah. Yeah. He gets encased in glass, and um, Usagi has to run, and like Neptune and Neptune and Uranus are just watching, and Neptune is literally asking like, "Is it okay for us to like not interfere?" And Haruka is like, "We can't. You know, we have to." We're just after the talismans. Yeah, so we actually have a moment where um, Usagi's heart, actually, her heart crystal is removed for a minute, and they see that it, like, shines super bright, but then it gets returned to her. And um, mm-hmm. so that's that's why Kaolinite actually, like, basically kidnaps Tuxedo Mask, because she's like, okay, Sailor Moon, come meet me over here, basically. Yeah. So she um, takes so Kaoli Knight, Seni Senta, and Tuxedo Mask are go to Tokyo Tower. Yeah. There's um there's a lot of contrivances <laughs> in this episode. I mean I I mean I know I just went through and said this is when the series starts getting good again, but there's it, it's not a clean transition. There's still some like crappy it stuff takes- along the way. <laughs> Things get good when Udiel shows up, which is after this. It does. This next episode. So episode yeah. 102, uh, it's a continuation of the previous episode. Again, it's a two-parter. Um, like, Kaylee Knight's like, come meet me at Tokyo Tower if you want your boy back. And uh, Usagi's like, okay. And the others are like, uh, no, this is obviously a trap. And Usagi's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I don't care. Uh, she doesn't care. And like, because the inners have shown up, they re- like they notice that the that Haruka and Michiru are like Uranus and Neptune are there and they're running away, mm-hmm. and like the inners are arguing with Usagi like you can't go and put yourself in danger to save Mamoru and she's like I'm going and runs off and Haruka and Michiru conveniently show up and uh, in a car that's in a car and it's like you need a ride and Usagi's like yeah I do you need to go to Tokyo Tower. And here's something that's really odd, because they have, like, a conversation, and, like, Haruka, like, unprompted talks about how, like, sometimes you have to, like, sacrifice people, and it's, sometimes you have to trample on the weak in order to to do the right thing, and uh, Usagi's like, well, Usagi has a moment where she seems to realize who they are, and is like, no, that's wrong, you have, there should, there should always be something that you can do to protect the trampled person, um, Anyway, she gets to Tokyo Tower. Kaylee Knight shuts down all of Tokyo Tower. This is a big deal. Because this is the 90s. And Tokyo Tower was, like, literally the biggest uh, broadcaster for literally everything. So radio signals, TV signals, like, all of it. So Tokyo being shut down means, like, all communications in, like, the Tokyo area are shut down. Uh, This is no longer the case because they have switched to digital, like most people. So, um... Yeah, that's not a problem anymore. Tokyo Tower doesn't really have that function, but uh, that's just a fun Japan fact. Yay. <laughs> and they have a cute meta moment when the senshi do arrive later, when they're like, in the name of our viewers, or something like that. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and it, they get, it's very brief, it's a very brief meta moment, but it's cute. But yeah, so... Usagi gets there, and I don't know if you can even really call it a trap, because like, she knows what she's showing up for, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very funny because, like, Kaylee Knight kind of shuts... Kaylee Knight shuts down the whole thing, pulls out Usagi's heart crystal. It's a pure right. light. 
And, like, I think Uranus and Neptune show up and they're, like, that's yeah. not a talisman. They are, like, right there. They're, like, because, I mean, obviously they followed her. They're, like, gave her a ride and then her heart gets pulled out and they're, like, mm-hmm. yoink! And they're, like, oh, good, it's not a talisman and, like, give it right back to her. Like, but it's, like, emitting so much light that everybody's, like, but how is it not a talisman? Right. And, like, I, I guess part of, like, the brooch being taken is just basically, like, well... Sure, she's been attacked and, like, her heart crystal is out, but at least the Ginsuisha is not taken by the enemy. Yeah, well, I this you know? enemy, I don't even think is aware of the Ginsuisha, you know? No, they're like, fully it's, not. It's really not but a thing. Yeah. So she well, has that's it, on, like, Sorry. That's on par with, like, the story. They don't know anything about the Ginsuisha. They're just yeah. after the talismans. Yeah. But, and, um, Cowl and I, she has the brooch, and that, that's prevent Usagi from transforming. So she's, like, you know, mm-hmm. show up. So she has to show up as not Sailor Moon, you know? So, um, yeah. she's, she's, like, gonna destroy Usagi anyways now, because she's just kind of, like, pissed. And she's, like, at this point, she thinks she's Sailor Moon. And it's, yeah. it, that's she's like, revealed. I've got you, Sailor Moon, I'm going to kill you anyway. And, yeah. like, outside we see, like, the Anners have shown up in, like, civilian form. And Luna yeah. tells uh, Minako, like, uh, it's all up to you now. And yeah. Minako nods. And then we get uh, one of my favorite moments. Again, like, all of my favorite moments in the anime are because of Minako. Minako. But before that, when Kaolinai reveals that that's Usagi is Sailor Moon... Uranus and Neptune ha- d- didn't know that before. And it does yeah. get, basically gets retconned, but for a moment, they know that Usagi and Sailor Moon is one and the same. Um, mm-hmm. But this is uh, the return of Decoy Moon. Uh, it was never, well, there was never a Decoy Moon in the anime, because when Venus first showed up, she did, she said, she's like, I'm not the princess, like, I'm not anything. Mm. So this is the first time in the anime that we get Venus being a decoy. And so she shows up as like what I'm going to refer to as Venus Moon. Yeah, Venus uh, Moon. So like she has her hair and the pigtails, her skirt is blue, like she has like the heart brooch, and uh Kaylee Knight is like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like this girl's not Sailor Moon, and like that's con- it brings about confusion long enough that like the outers and the inners team up to fight Kaoli Knight. Uh, yeah. Which, honestly, like, part of me was just, like, freaking, finally, do you have any idea how much easier your job would be? Like, I feel sometimes, like, yelling at the outers, like, do you have any idea how much easier your job would be if you just, like, cooperated? Anyway. <laughs> um, they fight, Isagi gets her brooch back. Um, I think the outers leave, because Isagi does her henshin. And yeah. become Sailor Moon, and both of them are shocked. But I think the outers leave before then, so they, they don't do. see her trans. They don't see her transform. Yeah. Um. Well, they kind of have a beef. So, like Uranus was injured in the fight before the the um the inners arrived, and so like um Mako was basically like, "Well, why don't you guys just leave then? Since there's no talisman, you know." And um, they do wind up uh leaving but uh they actually wind up turning back but yeah but they missed the transformation part yeah um uh they leave and come back long story short there's a lot of back and forth between uranus and neptune in these few episodes where i'm just like just commit commit to the bit 
Right. I want to mention, though, before we move on to uh, Sailor Moon, um, the dub that I watched, uh, Venus Moon gives the very Sailor Moon attack of Moon, Moony Moon, Love Chain! <laughs> yeah, it's it's not how it's said in Japanese, but it's it's the same vibe. The same vibe, good. I figured it was she- like the same vibe. I think she does, like, a Sailor Moon kick. Yeah, she does, like, moon kick, moon punch, and then she's like, moon, moony moon, love chain. (laughs) And her soggy sock. In both the anime and I think, like, definitely in the manga, and I think also in the anime, like, Sailor kick, or, like, Sailor Moon kick is, like, a cannon attack. It's just a regular kick. It's not powered It's just a kick. Yeah. 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 It's just her kicking. Um, Anyway, Sailor Moon transforms, kills off Senta. Seni Senta, like, Seni Senta's damaged, and she's like, oh, thank God, it's okay, I have a warranty. Yeah, and, like, she does. literally, literally pulls out the warranty. <laughs> um, but, uh, she ends up dead from, uh, from, a uh, spiral heart attack, and Kaoli Knight is like, uh, anyway, like, I have a thing that allows me to take on Seni Senta's powers, and has this sword, and, uh, starts to trap everybody in glass and this is when Sailor Moon tells the outers to run like this isn't their fight and um at this point Tuxedo Mask is free and he throws a rose which breaks the glass and I think in his episode we're gonna have to talk about whatever is going on with his powers in the anime um Chekhov's gun is I guess like his whole thing um (laughs) anyway (laughs) anyway they're free. The inners all attack Kaoli Knight with Sailor Planet attacks because they're like, we can't defeat her like with singular attacks on their own. Sailor Planet attack takes a while to charge, so that was the concern. They attack Kaoli Knight, and Uranus and Neptune are still there, and Uranus finishes off Kaoli Knight with the world shaking. And uh, she falls to her death. Yay! And at the very, and at the very end, like, Professor Tomoe gets this report that Kaylee Knight has died, and he's getting this report from Udiel of the Witches Five. Yay! And it took uh, it took twelve, thirteen episodes for the Witches Five to be introduced. Yeah, and I was um, I had completely forgotten how different the Witches Five in the anime were from the manga. They're a lot less threatening in the anime. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, everybody is less threatening in the anime, I feel like. Right. I think the only person who was equally as threatening was probably just Beryl. Yeah. and But that's because it was so so much closer than some of the yeah. later seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, next episode, we get not only the introduction of The Witches 5, but we get Chibiusa back. Um, it's kind of like, we see Luna P a lot. Uh, and, and we don't directly see Chibi Yusuf until only, basically the end of the episode. I mean, we see her, like, twice, but, like, very briefly. Yeah, I was, uh... Just, like, as of, a shadow. Yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed by her reintroduction. I was like, oh, that's it? Sucked. it? She doesn't get... Anyway, we'll talk about it later, but, um... Yeah. Apparent. So, what I've learned in all of these episodes is that in order to be considered pure-hearted, you just have to have a single-minded devotion to one thing and one thing alone. Uh, and so, because, right, so, you have to have a special interest. You have to 
you have to be an otaku in order to get your heart <laughs> stolen, apparently. Um, anyway, we have, like, some comedy from Ray because, uh, they, because Lena, Mako, Ami, and Isagi see Ray like, stumble and, like, like, rushing to get inside of a cafe where she's meeting this famous taiko drummer who is, of course, our target for the episode. And, uh, there's, like, a lot of real slapsticky humor where, like, Ray thinks she sees the girls and they, like, manage to avoid her. And there's, like, this poor waitress is just suffering. It's a whole thing. It's very cute. But the taiko drummer agrees to do taiko for the festival that's happening at the Hikawa Shrine because it's summer. There's lots of summer festivals in Japan. Uh, Ray gets the other four to help out at, um, at a booth that they at this festival. So the other four are manning a little goldfish catching booth. Um, and Ami and Mako are being really sweet to all of the kids. And, like, Nina's like, hey, if you're helping them catch all the goldfish, we're not going to make any money because, like, they're getting it on the first try. And then these three boys show up, and they're complete jerks to Minako. They call like, her Oba. They call her hey, Oba-san. And, and hey, she was lady. like... Yeah. Cause, so, in Japanese, they call her Oba-san, which is, like, uh, aunt. And oh, Minako's 14. Cute. And the Minako's 14. You don't call someone that young Oba-san. You call her One-san. Ah. In the um in the dub they they just call her old lady. Hey old lady. So. <laughs> that's yeah, which is the same vibe because same that's vibe. what it is. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a whole thing in Asian countries where it's just like if it's a young woman you call them sister, if it's an older woman, if it's like a middle aged woman you call them auntie, and if it's a, a much older woman you call them grandma. That's cute. So it's just to show like uh respect and also kind of like uh it's to show respect but it's not like the kind of cold respect that we think of it's just like you know like we're family it's like yeah i i i think the way i see it is it's like recognizing the other people in your community as part of your family even if you don't know that person you know yeah like this is kind of maybe off topic but for example my mom she's she's elderly now she's in her 60s my dad's in his 80s and my mom always likes when she gets like asian nurses and stuff like that because they'll call her grandma and they treat her very nicely you know with a lot of respect but not like respect and sin like you said like cold but in a familiar way like this is my family member this is my grandma and it's like you don't know that person but there's just this this respect that this is an elderly person of our community. We're going to treat them well, you know? Yeah. And so, like, even though, like, this is, like, the age that you do, if you call a woman who's of an older age a younger term, so if you call a woman who would be, like, an auntie, a sister, then they get flattered. So these boys yeah. are being really insulting by calling her and by calling her auntie. Yeah. And so she's like, um, <laughs> she's like, all right, all right. And uh, she basically messes <laughs> with their little their little paper things to catch goldfish, so that when they oh, all try it breaks instantly. And uh, I literally wrote this in my notes as Minako wrecks some rude ass kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then Haruka and Michiru appear, and there's like this kind of like they look fabulous in their yukatas, first of all. And there's like this whole thing where like the camera pans up. To them, but that shot happens three times, four times. Kind of get four times. Is it four? It does a quadru- It does a quadruple take. 
we do yeah. we do like a whole like <laughs> we have the music like the the coloring changes slightly to show that they're important and like the amount of time they spend on this shot reminds me of like all of the indian dramas where it's like 15 <laughs> different like cuts of like the same thing like it's like 15 different effects for the same reaction and i'm just like this is enough i'm like this is a lot you gotta yeah. stop yeah like i feel like this is the turning point where like the writers are like this has been a silly thing we're gonna make it sillier you know because they've like, been doing it all through the season just randomly still with the watercolor shot with the music and the flower petals you know and mm-hmm. and so like now i feel like they're just like parodying themselves <laughs> Yeah, because it's always extra. It gets even more extra in all of the following episodes. Yeah, in the best ways. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, they talk. It's not important. Um, the, Because, again, the target is the taiko drummer, and she's practicing, and, like, Rei and, and Usagi, like, see her practicing, and Rei's like, she's been doing this for hours. Mm-hmm. And I told her she didn't have to put that much effort into it, and she was like, no, I gotta put my all into this. And then... um both of them admire her dedication. And then Udiel comes by in her little white hatchback and literally lures out this poor target by just, like, on a megaphone shouting for her. Yeah. Uriel is very direct. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it works. It gets results. She comes out, Udiel pulls out a gun. And instead of, like, putting a diamond egg and, like, an item there at, you know, in the moment she now comes with a box with a diamond pre-made and so uh like Udiel gets like shoots the heart crystal um obviously the outer ship it's not a talisman the diamond is released it's a taiko it's a drum related diamond uh usagi like moon and mars move to fight they kind of get trapped in drums and then we get the appearance of sailor chibi moon yay who introduces who introduces herself like a Sailor Moon speech, but instead of in the name of the moon, it's in the name of the future moon. And she does her pink sugar heart attack, which doesn't work. And she kind of like whacks her little wand and then it works and it does almost no damage, but it does hit the diamond and it does hurt them. But it's kind of like having a toddler hit you in the face. It's one HP. Yeah, it's one <laughs> HP and you've got 120, you know? Uh, it's very cute. Mars and Moon take care of the diamond. Chibiusa is like a support where she's just kind of like following the diamond with like her wand and like little pink hearts keep shooting out of it. Um, she manages anyway, to be a the- nuisance, so, you know, it's not nothing. Yeah! <laughs> I remember thinking, like, I should find this way more annoying than I actually do. Because I was just like, why am I... I just found it really cute. Yeah, she's cute. I like her. Oh, it's great. (laughs) I was just like, oh, I love you. This is is fabulous. It's so ridiculous. I feel like in the anime, like... In the manga, I feel like Chibiusa is much more Mamoru's child in the way she behaves and in the anime yeah. I'm just like this this is all Usagi <laughs> I don't know in the anime I think I think Chibiusa is freaking Rei's child okay <laughs> Chibiusa is Rei and Usagi's like love child except not love <laughs> I mean honest yeah that's a hate fuck if I ever see one um... <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Taiko Drummer performs. <sighs> the festival goes off without a hitch. Um, Chibi Moon, Chibisa is back to being like Usagi's pretend cousin. And like, it was at this point where I realized, like, we haven't seen the Sukino family at all. Mm-mm. There's no Papa, there's no Mama, there's no Shingo. I'm like, what? I'm like, they dead. <laughs> They're gone. We don't see them. <laughs> uh, in the next episode, like, Chibiusa, like, formally greets, like, the, the whole team at the shrine, um, introduces herself, formally greets, and they're like, so why are you here? And she was like, oh, mom gave me a letter, and, like, and he's like, he's like okay, and, like, puts her hand out, and Chibiusa's like, Venus! <laughs> you read it! <laughs> and Venus reads it! And, uh, it's literally the short sentence saying like thank you for taking care of my child i really appreciate it uh anyway bye <laughs> yeah and, but and she also has like others- a letter she has a letter specifically for chibiusa that explains that she wants her to go and train and train by making friends and that she has like yes. a, a destined meeting mm-hmm. there's like it's so- really cute the message she gives to chibiusa yeah but, but- i love i do love the letter that she gives to her to like hand to her friends. Yeah. They're like, it's all in, it's none of it's in kanji. Like it's all in katakana and hiragana. And they yeah. look at it closely and they realize there's a point where like she tried to write a kanji and then erased it and then <laughs> quit. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> and but- so they're like, yeah, Neo Queen Serenity is Usagi. Yeah. So. Chibiusa's goal is to make friends. She knows that there's somebody she's destined to meet. And I think I think her first impression is maybe it's a boy. Because, like, um, she goes and she just, like, goes out to the park to try to find friends. She runs into this boy who's, like, she finds very attractive. But the kid is the most annoying thing ever. Because if anybody is familiar with Shin-chan, this child is... Uh, uh, clearly obsessed with Shin Chan. Um, are you familiar? Did you ever? Yes, yes, I've Re- seen Shin Chan. Weirdly, I'm sorry. not in America. I've seen Shin Chan like dubbed in Hindi on like. Oh Hindi my Hindi. god! Really? My cousins freaking loved Shin Chan. I was oh just god. like, this is bizarre. It was really weird. They loved Shin Chan and they loved Doraemon. Ha! Huh? That's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, Shin-chan, they, they, that aired on Adult Swim for a while here in the U.S. Um, it's really cringy. I know some people freaking love it. Not my not my thing. So, uh, yeah, this kid is being obnoxious. He's talking like... You know what's funny, though? I noticed, like, the dub. I, I think the cadence he was using was definitely similar to the American Shin-chan dub, too. So oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. In my opinion, in my opinion, the dub sound like he was like imitating that guy's that style. Um Ooh. so so if you're familiar with Shin Chan and the way it premiered here in the US, and then you caught this this Sailor Moon episode afterwards, you might catch the reference. Um <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, that encounter ends with the kid like taking off his pants and underwear before his mom, like, grabs him and drags him off. Yeah, he literally flashes Chibiusa, who is completely traumatized. Yeah. This is her first exposure to a penis, and, like, it's terrible. His mother finds him, like, hits him on the head and drags him away. And, like, honestly, look, I'm I'm not pro-hitting children, but sometimes 
you gotta sometimes there are if, some kids if ever there was an occasion if, the, if yeah. there was occasion if your son drops his pants in front of a little girl in the park beat that child <laughs> yeah like he's basically committing a sex crime like he's a oh. child so it doesn't count but like that's literally a crime yeah <laughs> anyway shavisa is don't beat the child don't don't beat the child but discipline the child <laughs> for sure yeah like yeah it's very funny because the kid is like in the name of the moon i'll punish you to his mom and his mom's just like uh-huh <laughs> get over here she's so um, done she's so done she she's like i cannot believe i have this child uh but shavisa <laughs> like trying to recover from her trauma uh, notices Mako, not Mako, notices Mamoru at a takoyaki stand, and she's delighted, and she jumps on him, and um, he's like, hey, and she's just like, it's so good to see you, and and he's like, yeah, and then we get Usagi, he's like, we're on a date, and you're interrupting, and Mamoru tries to play peacemaker, and he's like, come on, let's just sit and eat takoyaki, and we get, like, this cute, like, little scene of, like, the three of them just sitting on a bench, like, quietly eating takoyaki yeah it's adorable for a moment and there's just something there's just something about that scene that just really gets me where i'm just like this is so sweet i love this it's great and then chibiusa decides to say that mama chan is hers and um i think a couple times during this episode she's like i really doubt that like this is something that I don't understand. This is a choice that the anime made that I don't understand, which is like Chibiusa is like I doubt somehow that like you're actually my mother, that you're going to be my mom, and it's just yeah. like I don't, I don't understand how that comes. Anyway, it's a whole thing where I'm just like I don't get this. They they definitely uh, dis- so they had so much character development before Chibiusa left, where like her and Usagi finally had an understanding, finally had a love for each other, and they just decided, you know what? That doesn't make enough conflict, and just kind of threw that out. And they're back to where they were before that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really annoying. Anyway, yeah. they see Haruka and Michiru, who are dressed again, and like, yukatas or kimonos, and they're going to like this uh, tea ceremony. Yeah. They're in kimonos, uh, kimono and um, and a Haruka's wearing a kimono and hakama, so they're more formal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're more formal. Uh, they're dressed really formally. Uh, this is when Chibiusa is introduced to them. Um, I think one of them says, "Like, wow, you two really look alike. Are you related?" And yeah. they're like, eh, "We're just cousins." And uh, I almost like, I almost spit. I almost did a spit take because I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like. They were cousins. <laughs> like, They're all it's cousins. Super not, it's super not the case here, but I was just, it was just one of those things where like it felt like I fully forgot like, oh yeah, this is their cover, which is, you know, a good cover because it's like, yeah, this is why we look alike because we, we are related, just not like closely related. Right. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was just a moment where I'm just like, oh my God, they're saying they're cousins to the cousins. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, Haruka and Michiru invite the three of them along to this tea ceremony, and um, Mamoru tries to politely decline too. Mamoru, yes, Mamoru's like, no, that's cool, and they're like, no, let's go for it. So they go to this tea ceremony thing, and this little boy comes out, and he's like the inheritor of like of this whole tea thing, 
And this is something that I don't quite understand. This is an important aspect of Japanese culture. I am not trying to insult it. I don't understand, like, I just don't understand how you can inherit this. But it's a whole thing. Um, so this isn't me judging. This is me not understanding and wishing I did and just honestly not doing the research that I could have done. Uh, to my understanding, he conducts them. Like yeah. He, he leads the ceremony. Um, he's very young. He's very pretty. And like the way he, the way he looks, like I spent the whole episode being like, are we sure he's not a girl? Yeah, and then, you know, when you have Especially children, by the end. Yeah, and then when you have children voiced by um, voiced by girls, voiced by women, voice actresses, it, mm-hmm. it's a little... I think he's meant to be ambiguous, though. They play around mm-hmm. a lot with gender in this season. Um, yeah. Any Anyway, they do a whole thing. We get a lot of slapstick about how it's difficult to sit and, like, the traditional way, like, with your legs underneath you, because both Chibiusa and Usagi's legs um, fall asleep, uh, and Usagi's is more severe, uh, whereas, like, Haruka and <laughs> Haruka Michiru and Mamo-chan are perfectly fine, uh, because they are refined individuals, thank you very much. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, things happen, Chibiusa decides, like, this boy is going to be the friend that her mom sent her back to to look for, and Isaki like lends her her old like child kimono and like they go and like that's when this kid gets attacked because you know that's the point of the episode. Yeah, they leave and come back. So they have the tea ceremony yeah. and then they just uh, Chibius is determined. This is to another back, day. So yeah, it's another day yeah. when she comes and uh, they get there right in time. The child's getting attacked. Only, but, like, Chibiusa decides to take a shortcut, so she's, like, crawling through bushes, and Isagi tries to follow her, but can't fit, because obviously Chibiusa's much smaller. So Chibiusa arrives, so only Chibiusa arrives in time to see him get attacked, and get his heart stolen, mm-hmm. and, uh, so she's the only one, so she transforms, uh, and this is some bullshit, because Chibi Moon does not get a transformation sequence. Mm-hmm. It's just, she just shouts Moon Prison Power, and we get, like, a little flash, and she turns into Chibi Moon. Yeah. And I'm honestly furious she does she did get to do her pose like multiple times it's so when she does her pose she faces away and then turns to look at the camera it's really cute because we have this moment where she does that like three times or something like that and you see it's like the camera's panned out we see her from a distance she's facing away from the daemon she says her thing and the like does her pose turning around and she does that like three times (laughs) Mm-hmm. and it's it's great i just like the physical comedy in this episode um it's really it's really funny she has like, to do her poses she has to like even later when usagi's there and they're fighting together anytime like they do this weird thing with their legs when they do their attack she does the same thing usagi does where their legs are like out to the yes. side usagi is like, like she's kind of her. like half kneeling she's yeah. like kneeling on one leg and then the other leg is like behind her anyway she's there she's like i'm going to protect this child um the heart crystal is like picked up by uranus and neptune they're like it's not a talisman um uh, Udiel's like, anyway, you take care of this to the diamond. The diamond's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Chibi means like, alright, we can fight her, and then realizes that Uranus and Neptune are no longer behind her. Because the diamond's like, uh, okay, we? 
Right. And uh, so Chibi Moon does her pink sugar heart attack, which does not work, and the Daimon gets close, and then she, like, hits her, her wand a little bit, and then it starts going out, but it, like, falls before it reaches her. It like, doesn't, the, the it, it doesn't have the hearts. range. It doesn't have range. Yeah, it goes, <laughs> it goes forward and then drops. And so the Daimon, because it's, again, a tea Daimon, to, because, you know, th- themes, uh, just sits there and drinks tea until Chibi used, and Chibi used to, like, slowly, slowly gets close enough so that the beam hits the Daimon in the face. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's really cute. It's so funny. And then Sailor Moon obviously finally appears, and then she, you know, transforms, attacks the thing. Uh, Chagama, which is the name of the Daimon, uh, is like, well, you haven't seen my final form, and like, m- takes off their robe in a way that's reminiscent of, I think, like, Tuxedo Mask is there, too. Yeah, and he's so Chagama's like, you haven't, yeah, and Chagama's like, you haven't seen my final form, and like, takes off their robe, and Tuxedo Mask is like, yeah, just do it. <laughs> it's really funny, because, so, again, I've been watching the dub version. Kudos to, um, to the uh, English voice actor of that part, because when um, when Mamoru does it, it's like you know he he always encourages Sailor Moon to do the final attack, right? But he he adds like he goes like, Ugh, do it now, Sailor Moon!" Like he doesn't want her to disrobe, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and so like, but there's this just makes- in his voice. There's like he's still. It's like. He's still trying to keep his composure, but at the same time, like, ugh, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's reminiscent of, like, earlier in the episode where the little boy, like, strips and, like, traumatizes Chibi's. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, like, so like as, like, this robe is, like, fluttering off and we see that Chagama is not naked underneath and is wearing kind of, like, a bikini setup, um, she's like, wait, but I have it. And yeah. then goes, like, but I haven't had a chance. She does not get to do her final form. No. <laughs> yeah. It it does remind me of, like, us in our D&D campaign when uh, we completely destroyed a monster uh, before they were able to go into their second form. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, was so frustrated that he just, like, this was in good fun. He was just, like, he was, oh, yeah. he was proud that we did it. But he was also like, I put in all this work. <laughs> and so he just like picked up his books and dropped them on the ground because he was like, don't need this anymore. Yeah. We derailed so many things. Anyway. Oh my god, we make the weirdest choices. Anyway. Um that's why our that's why this episode is gonna be so long. Uh anyway, so the boys protected Uranus and Neptune had like Arper holding the boy and keeping it separate, and we're like, that's cool. Uh, and then the next day, Chibisa's is like, okay, this time I'm going to go and I'm going to see this boy and like, we're going to become friends. And they see Haruka and Michiru like go in and then they immediately rush out and they're like, what's going on? And they go in and the little boy is like in a senshi outfit, like doing this little cup trick that he was doing before. Cause he was like, the senshi protected me. And so I'm going to use this vision that I had to like start a new tradition. And they're all kind of freaked out. And they're like, we're just going to leave. Yeah. Which is like, Oh, come on guys. Let me do his thing. Yeah. What's to be a senshi. Anyways, it's very cute. Um, it is really cute. I have so few notes for the next episode because uh, I know it's a Mako episode, but, very little happens that actually contributes to the story overall. Yeah, this is 100% a filler episode, but I love this episode because, uh, one, the target actually makes sense. 
for someone with a pure heart because the yeah. of this episode is somebody who is literally a monk yeah. trying to reach enlightenment. A monk and it's like, yeah, that tracks. They're they're like someone with such a pure heart is rare in this day and age. And um Mako Chan, we find out because like the episode starts as kind of like like with Mako Chan like training because she's been humbled from a fight from an episode that we don't see that doesn't exist. Uh, so we find out they that they do stuff in between these episodes. There's still things that happen, um, yeah, that we don't necessarily see. And so she like fought this daimon and it physically bested her, and she's kind of humiliated by that because she's like, how can I? do my job as a sentry if I'm defeated like this. And so she like, leaves to go to the mountains to train. Uh, and Isagi, like, they're all aware that she's left to train, like, all of the sentry. And Isagi's like, yeah, it's summer vacation, and Mamori is working at a resort hotel that's near where Mako-chan is training. So she convinces the others, like, let's go and crash Mako-chan's training to support her. Uh, and it's literally just, like, I'm trying to get you guys to to go here so that I can see my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the others don't realize it until they're on the train, though. Yeah. It's, um... It's kind of weird. Like, they, this friend group, they really encroach on each other's lives a lot. Like, this is a recurring theme where it's like, I don't know, this seems like kind of a toxic quality of you guys. Like, if your friend leaves to go somewhere, like, don't show up. Like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, but they show up, and, um... They show up, um... They realize there's not really anything that they can do, so, like, they when they wake up in the morning... Like, the, the monk is very welcoming and very sweet to all of them. Uh, and when they wake up, like, Mako-chan's already gone, she's already left for training. And so they're like, well, there's not really anything for us to do, so they take their swimsuits, and they go to the hotel. And there's very and little they food. All- like, the breakfast is very, very small. <laughs> and they're like, what? It's like, what are we going to do with this food? And Isagi's like, well, we're still going to eat it. Yes. <laughs> She's like, no reason we can't eat it and then also have breakfast. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> breakfast is second yeah. breakfast, guys. <laughs> She's like, you- anything is possible if you believe. Um, <laughs> uh, they go to the hotel. Mamoru is working and Isagi like, flags him down. He's like, oh, yeah, like, I wish I could hang out with you, but I literally am at work. Right. And so he leaves. And so, like, these boys are admiring the four girls, because they do actually, they're, all of their swimsuits are really cute, and they all do look really well, and it's like, wow, look at how hot those girls are, and so they're, like, posing and stuff, and and then uh, one dude's like, wait a minute, those girls over there are way hotter! <laughs> and they, <laughs> and these boys leave, and they're like, who who are these girls? And they realize it's Haruka and Michiru, and Michiru is wearing, like, a bomb Finally. Yeah. Finally, she's wearing something actually cute. <laughs> like, instead of, like, that ruffled monstrosity from the Ami episode. I still love it. Where I was it. just like, no. <laughs> I There's do. nothing to love about it. It's hideous. It's wrong. It's a crime against nature and fashion. And I and I love it. <laughs> uh, anyways, but yeah, no, this was a much better swimsuit. Yeah, anyway, it's... It's cute. Like, they talk. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, we go back to Mako-chan, who's, like, practicing with the monk, who has spent, like, a lot of this time telling, like, basically trying to tell Mako-chan, like, without flat-out telling her. Um, probably because she wouldn't listen if he did. Uh, like, it's okay. Like, 
take things easy. Like, you don't have to take this all so seriously. Um, she's not getting it. But they get attacked, and the monk moves, because, you know, Udiel's there to, like, shoot his heart. Uh, he doesn't know that, obviously, so he moves to protect Makachan, and as he, like, falls after he gets hit, uh, his, his, uh, before that, he, he says something really nice, where she's like, you know, like, how do I do this? And he tells her, no other path makes me feel so alive, thus it is the one I take. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his mantra, that, that's, like, the meaning of his life, where it's just like, this is what makes me happy, that's why I pursue it. And so when he, when he gets attacked and, like, falls, uh, like, his words to Makachan is, like, no man lives, like, can survive on his own, you know? Like, it's just like, you can't get stronger by yourself, essentially, and Makachan realizes she doesn't need to fight alone, she has all of her friends. They all show up, they all fight this daimon, but ultimately it's Makachan's sparkling white pressure that takes out this daimon. Yeah. And it's nice. It's cute. Yep. Anyway, this is the complete filler episode. And then um, it wraps it's up. Definitely... <laughs> yeah, it wraps up. Again, this is a complete filler episode. Uh, I wouldn't recommend skipping it because I think it's really cute. And I think it has a good message uh, in terms of the it is terms cute. Of what the monk says. And the, the again, it's so minor. I don't even know. The character has a name, but we just keep calling him the monk. Um, he's a very endearing character. It's too bad he only exists for this one episode. <laughs> yeah, he's um, really sweet. Yeah. It's nice having, like, someone who's, who's, who kind of falls into, like, the religious spectrum who's not terrible. Yeah. And it's (laughs) nice, like, and it's nice to, for them, like, to have a character that you can actually be kind of invested in before they have their heart Mm -hmm. crystal stolen. I mean, there's the main cast, and then there's all these random sacrifices, you know? Right. All these random characters who are just, like, random nice people. And, like, yeah, he's a random nice person, but he actually has, like, some some wisdom to pass on. And it's it's nice. It's cute. Yeah, like, he's genuinely trying to help this girl. Yeah. You know, with whatever, like, he doesn't know what she's going through, but he knows she's going through something. Yeah. And so he's he's genuinely trying to help her, and it's nice. Yeah. Next. Watch, watch the episode. It's nice. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. The next one, 106, I want to say huge epilepsy warning. God, yeah. Yeah. Huge epilepsy. So if you have um sensitivity to flashing lights, I have a very minor, not, like, not an epileptic response, but I have a very minor um sensitivity to flashing lights. Um, just because I have some sensory sensitivities. So, uh, I, I kind of catch it because it starts to send me into a little bit of anxiety, but yeah, we'll, we'll explain it when we get there. Um, it's not very long. It's, it's easy to get past that part, but yeah, just a heads up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So this is the Haruka Michiru origin story. Yeah. And I remember the first time I watched this episode, and I remember it feeling much longer. And it, I, I remember feeling like most of the episode was just on their backstory, and that definitely was not the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their backstories told through flashbacks. Um, we it's st- told through flashbacks, like Haruka flashbacks, not Michiru yeah. flashbacks. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's very much like their origin, but mostly Haruka's origin, because... Yeah, we find out that 
Michiru, that her stuff happens sooner than hers, than Haruka's. Mm-hmm. But it starts with um, Minako wants to check out, um, what is it, a high school? Like a high school yeah. she wants to go to? Mm-hmm. That's and, well known for their athletic program. Right. And that's where they run into like an ath- uh, an athlete named Elsa Gray. And it seems like most everyone knows who she is, except for like Usagi. So they explain it, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, she's, it, it isn't long before she's targeted and her heart crystal is removed and Haruka is there and Haruka knows her and she calls Michiru and is like, hey, Elsa got targeted and Michiru is like, oh, shoot, oh, you know, I'll be right there. And we find out that this is actually the person who introduced Haruka and Michiru to each other. And that's where we get yeah. rolled into the flashbacks. Um, yeah, so Haruka was actually really only for Elsa. Uh, was her rival in terms of racing because uh-huh. Haruka in the flashbacks explained that she running. was trying to find purpose. Yeah, a running like as an athlete, uh, Haruka was just trying to find purpose in her life, and at this point she was having these dreams of like destruction uh, and whatnot, and this the image of a woman saying that they have to find the messiah or the world will end and um like in like the regular episode not flashback portion like elsa's like yeah but i still have like one person everyone's like you're such a great racer and she's like yeah but there's one woman i've never been able to be and she's talking about haruka and um haruka like readily beats elsa in this like past fight in this past fight in this past match and elsa introduces her to michiru because Michiru requested to meet her. And mm-hmm. um, at this point, they don't seem to be students at Mugen Gakuen. I don't know if they're even in high school at this point. Because Michiru is wearing a very different uniform. I think they met in middle school. Maybe. I don't know. Now I don't know. Now yeah. I'm questioning. So. Never mind. Like. Statement revoked. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I have no idea, like, when this actually takes place, but it happens, and, um, they meet, and then, like, because the anime, we, the anime is, like, they're rich, but they never say out loud that they're rich, they just attend a lot of rich things, and so there's, like, this event, and Haruka's in a tux, and Michiru is, like, providing the entertainment as a violinist, and everyone's talking about her, and Haruka leaves the room and Ichiru follows her and says, you know, like a lot of my friends are really into you because you're like this really cool racing ace and, you know, want to ride in your car with you. A whole, the whole thing where it's just like, they're kind of like sideways hitting on each other and Haruka is just really confused. Um, and what I really remember from this is I'm, I'm watching this whole episode, like, and all of the flashbacks, I'm just like, this, they just lifted this for Utena. Like, because I know the director <laughs> for this season went on yeah. to, to do Utena. So I was just like, he, I was just like, this is just Utena. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard to go step, it's hard to describe this episode scene by scene because it's not linear. Because it's vignette, vignette, vignette. But what we see overall is Michiru knows Haruka is chosen. 
Haruka is resistant to being chosen. And although Michiru wants Haruka to join her at first, she wants it to be her decision. So it, it builds up to a point where they're meeting each other. There's resistance. We, they talk about the, their visions a little bit. They see a big, um, Haruka sees like Michiru's painting of the end of the world, the same vision she's been having. But um, it all kind of comes to a head when, when there's an attack and Michiru transforms, but Haruka hasn't yet. And that's when uh, well, the wand well, this is what ha- Well, this this is what happens. Haruka's kind of like in a garage. And then like, and this is when we get a diamond that actually looks like one of the, the ones from the, manga. from the manga. Yeah. Where like, where they're trying to implant like Tao system people into Earth people. And so this boy like is transformed and um, Haruka's horrified and wants to attack, but like this thing kind of reaches out and she senses like the person is still inside there. And that's when her, her transformation wand appears and she moves to take it. And like Michiru shouts, don't do it. Yeah. And she fights the monster and like defeats it. But, and she's like, you know, like if you take that, your life will never be the same. Like you can't go back. Yeah. Basically once you take that, you've accepted this journey, you know? Yeah. And when the wand appeared, that is when the the flashing lights are, when that manifests. So that's the point. It's really bad, too. (laughs) It's really bad flashing. Yeah. I did. That fully didn't even occur to me. Yeah. Well, because I I, because I have that sensitivity, I pick up on it, you know, so I'm just like, ah, right. (laughs) Right. So Michiru fights the diamond. She beats the diamond. It turns back into a boy. Uh, and so, like, but she's injured, and Haruka's holding her, and it's just like, why, like, why did you do this, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 and, how, and then, like, this is when Michiru basically does a love confession, uh, it's a whole thing, and, like, obviously, uh, Haruka becomes Sailor Uranus, and, um, yeah, anyway, then we go back to, uh, Elsa Grey, whose heart crystal has been stolen, um, they, they're watching, then, like, it comes out, they realize it's not a talisman, the daimon is amazing, its name is Hurdle. Yeah. Uh, their chest is a shoe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Their whole chest, it's just, like, a running shoe sticking out, like, there's no boobs, it's just a shoe. Just shoe. <laughs> uh, it's amazing, it's great, uh, Haruka Michiru do, like, very limited interference, um, there's definitely like some internal conflict there because yeah. uh because of who Elsa is but like it's not a focus. Um, yeah. but yeah, this is this is the the origin story of these two. It, it's the origin story for Haruka and Michiru is also there. <laughs> Basically, yeah. 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 But the fight itself really like the fight like in the present time is is not super significant. They fight it, they defeat it. No talisman found. And we move yeah, on, which is, you know? <laughs> yep. And the, the flashbacks are it. purely for the audience. None of the other senshi mm-hmm. get any kind of um, insight into this, so. Yeah, this is literally, it's literally just exposition of like, oh, hey, do you guys want to know who these people are? Um, yeah. The next episode is really cute. It's definitely a filler episode. Um, but again... It's such a cute episode. Like, I wouldn't say, like, yeah, you can skip, you should skip this. 
because it's cute. Anyway, it opens with Isagi and like her friends are at her house to study and Isagi comes in with an apple pie and all of her friends are like, where did you get this? And she was like, oh, it was in the oven. Like mom clearly made this for us to eat. And again, where is Ikuko mama? She right. is a housewife. <laughs> She's gone. What is ha- What has happened to the Tsukino family? It's like, cl- like, it was just in the oven. It's clearly meant for us. My mom must have made it. And that's when like all of her friends are like, okay, so it's safe to eat. Yeah, they're like, you didn't make it, did you? <laughs> okay, good, you didn't make it, then we can eat it, it's edible. Oh, I noticed yeah, something it- weird about the pie. It's a standing pie. It had no pan. Yeah! Anyway. I noticed that too. Yeah, I I was just, I, I was watching and I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's all. Well, yeah. I want to learn to make just- standing pies. That's all. <laughs> Wait, is that like a real thing you can do? Oh yeah, the only problem is like standing pies. the The crust is like usually thicker and like harder, and like yeah, it has to be. Yeah, early pies were all standing pies. Um, early uh, and early early standing pies, you couldn't really even eat the outside crust. It was just like basically the baking dish, and usually they were savory. But over time, that's evolved. Yeah, uh, oh, because that does medieval- explain like a. Yeah, that does explain, like, a lot of uh, Tudor-era pies that I've yeah. seen. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Those are all standing pies, and it is basically you're eating the, like, you're you're cooking it in the bowl, and you don't necessarily eat that outer crust. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I've got okay. some I've got some recipes for it. I just haven't experimented with it yet. So, yeah, I was yeah. like, hey, that's a standing pie. That's all. It's totally not significant at all. I just noticed that the apple pie they had was a standing pie. Anyways, <laughs> I I have to like restrain myself because I fully want to just like continue the conversation about baking. Uh, <laughs> we will talk more about medieval baking later. <laughs> Future- yeah, for those of you who don't, for those of you who don't know, I actually really, really enjoy baking. Um, a lot of people are like, "So you put a lot of love in your baking?" And I'm like, "No, I bake when I'm frustrated. All of this is hatred." <laughs> um, so, and I do medieval delicious, delicious hatred, and I do medieval reenactment stuff. So. Because mm-hmm. we're so nerds. This is pertinent to- <laughs> God, like you couldn't tell <laughs> if you couldn't tell by your Sailor Moon podcast. But yeah. Um. So uh, anyway, it's really cute. This pie was not made by Yukuko Mama. It was not made for these girls. Chibisa comes in like, "Hey, where's the pie that was in the oven?" And she realizes they've eaten half of it. Yeah. And the others are appalled because they're like, "Oh my God, Isaki, how could you- like we've already." eaten it how could you steal her pie so it's like everybody's like scolding Isagi because Chibiusa has made this pie for her friend at like this uh sculpting class clay yeah there we go could not think of the word yeah <laughs> at the sculpting class and she's really upset she's made this pie for Masanori-kun and now she can't give it to him and everyone scolds Isagi uh but they all finish the pie but they keep like, well, we've already <laughs> yeah they keep eating it they're like, well, because Chibiusa leaves, you know, like, upset, and they're like, should we keep eating the pie? And it's like, well, you know, like, don't let it go to waste. <laughs> so and, they finish the pie. And they're like, we'll make it up to her later, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. really, it's Usagi's fault. She's the one, so, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're like, it's Usagi's fault, you know, but, like, let's not waste good food. Uh, Which, honestly, fair. Can't be mad. Yeah. So Chibisa goes, she has a huge crush on this Masanari-kun, but, like, she sees him holding flowers. We realize, um, 
uh, Michiru also takes art classes in, like, the same building. And so he has a huge crush on her. And he shows up with flowers, and he gives her flowers. And he's like, these are, like, an expression of my feelings. Uh, and she's like, oh, how cute. And he's like, they're and, roses. Uh, they represent romance and passion. And she's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, not only are you too young for me, uh, you are not the correct gender. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she doesn't say that, but yeah. Yeah, she's just She's like, oh, sweet. how cute, how sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Chibius is a little jealous, but they they go to class and... I was under the impression maybe she was, like, the teacher or something. Um, no, she was definitely in another room. Oh, okay. That's right, because she was painting. She was she was painting. And so they're sculpting a thing, and uh, Masanari-kun asks Shibisa what she's making. And she tells him she's making the Holy Grail. And this is the first time the Grail is mentioned in the show. Oh, uh, it's been mentioned briefly by the bad guys and briefly by, by... No, not yet. No? Not yet. The oh. first time... No. The talismans have only been mentioned by the bad guys. Only the talismans have been mentioned. In the next episode... In the next episode? No, in episode 109 is when the bad guys first mentioned the ta- the Holy Grail. Okay, okay. So... But- so, she's like, I'm making the Holy Grail. Like, my mama had it on her, like, little bureau. And so, it had stones and whatnot so he helps her shape it and this bugs me because in the manga and again like i'm gonna sound like a goddamn broken record with the whole in the manga but in the manga like the the moon family makes it together yeah it's a lot more significant and it's a lot more um metaphoric as far as to how it actually comes to be you know like Mm -hmm. we find out that the it's manifested by love you know but now it's just kind of like sculpted by this random kid (laughs) yeah mostly and then like he's helping her make this and then michiru enters the room only to scold him for doing all the work for chibis yeah that's why i was like is she an assistant or something that's why i was thinking because my brain was like wait why is she there but i guess yeah, yeah i guess she just rolled up um yeah, but before much else can happen, um, like, Uriel, sm- her freaking car. Udiel. She just, she just smashes through the windows and, like, drives into the art room. Yeah. She just smashes her Udiel car into the not, place. Udiel does not drive safe, but, like, when she's backing up, she shouts at everyone that she's backing up. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. I love Udiel. Yeah. I love Udiel. She's hilarious. She smashes in there to attack. And um, yeah, she just drives on in. and uh, the- She drives on in. She oh, she does the, the whole heart thing. I do want to say that like in parts of the episode that where it's just Haruka and Michiru, where Michiru is painting, um, Haruka and Michiru are like extra super gay. Uh, <laughs> I just feel the need to point that out. Yeah. Um. In what ways are they extra super gay? Like, don't, like, it, mm, just, I didn't write that just down. Just watch it. Just watch it. Just, but yeah, just watch the episode. So, of course, um, Sailor Moon is there, Chibi Moon is there, Neptune and Uranus are there. So when the the daemon um, attacks and the boy's um, heart crystal is removed, they're the ones who respond. Um, Uranus and Neptune, of course, point out, oh, it's not a talisman. But, like, Chibiusa doesn't 
transform right away because she doesn't want to be outed. So she there's a moment where she goes to fight when she's not transformed and the boy sees her. So he does like come to idolize her as somebody who went to rescue her. You know? Yeah, he does it he admires her. He admires for her. her bravery. Yeah. So then the fight breaks out and no talisman and um they defeat the the daemon and Uriel's like bounces. Udiel. Like you keep calling her her Uriel and it's Udiel. Udiel? Yeah, Udiel. How do you oh, wait, spell it for me. E U D I A L. Ah, I'm doing a R instead of a D. Udiel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Udiel bounces. I like this diamond because um, they literally turned their abstract art into uh, golems. Yeah, that was cool. Like, they went to the sand pit and made these. And th- those were actually, like, interesting for them to fight. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like for when the second one comes out, I think, like, I don't remember which, I don't remember if it was Uranus or Neptune, who was like, can you make it less abstract, please? Yeah, <laughs> Neptune, <laughs> Neptune. She was the, <laughs> she responded to the second one. She's like, what? She's like, um, mm. but uh, they figure out that, like, dunking them in water, like, makes them dissolve because, again, they're sand. They're sand. Uh, so that's what they do, blah, blah, blah. Yoma's defeated, kids saved. Uh, the episode ends with uh, Masanari-kun giving Chibiusa a little statuette of herself that he made. It's cute, yeah. It's really cute, because he's like, you know, it's like, thanks for saving my life, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's very sweet. Uh, yeah, I, and I I put literally, uh, only outers are really involved, plus Chibi Moon, IDK, cute episode, definitely filler. Yeah. Um, the next episode, I, my first, my first note in my, in my notes are, um, the first sentence in my notes is, this episode makes no damn sense in English. It can't. So This is an episode you can only watch in Japanese because, and I freaking, like, okay, it's, I don't really like this episode. I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't like this episode because it's a lot of, like, weird, it's a lot of, like, really outdated stereotypes. But that's yeah. also why I like this episode because it's a lot of weird, outdated stereotypes. <laughs> um, so, like... The inners, like, Isaki says what, if you watch this in Japanese, because again, like, I'm, I'm subs, not dubs for life, uh, that's, I'm not judging you if you watch dubs, like, like having dubs is really great, especially in terms of accessibility, like, mm-hmm. not judging if you watch dubs, I would if I was 15. Yeah. Which is why that's we- not the case anymore. Why we have this podcast and we can get along. <laughs> 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 anyway, so there, like Isagi says, like a like a po like a poem essentially for AC because all of the girls are studying at Mamori's, and like when they're all there, I'm just like, why is this? Why is this not where everybody meets? Like he lives by himself. It's a cool ass apartment, literally because he has air conditioning, and like yeah. Japanese summers get really really hot, so they're all in his apartment, and like it's basically like revealed that like Isagi said like oh why don't we study here like under the pretense of getting Mamori to help them study because like he's done all this before um it's just like ah so you really only came here because you wanted my air conditioning and she's like eh yeah I mean it helps <laughs> I went in, I almost switched over to subs 
to watch this episode, but I was like, you know what? No, I'm I'm doing the I'm I'm observing the the dub version and giving my input based on the dub version. And it's just confusing. Um, yeah, because anyway, stuff happens. Isagi like the door rings. Isagi answers it. There's this English gentleman who is 100 percent wearing a hat, a three piece, definitely wool suit, and gloves. Yeah, yeah. And he's there to see Mamoru, and he's like, oh, hello. And Isagi's like, um, like, does, like, the weirdest broken English I've ever seen, which is, it's magical. I cannot describe it. You must watch it on your own, under your own power. It's beautiful. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, anyway, Mamoru comes down and is like, oh, hi. Because he's like, oh, you only speak Japanese, and completely switches into fluent Japanese. And he invites Mamoru to a ball he's throwing, which, again, like, intense stereotypes that are super outdated because I'm like, this man stepped out of Victorian England. Yeah. Um, what is happening? Uh, it's great. Uh, so he invites Mamoru and then because all the girls are there, he invites all of them too. And, uh, they go to this ball because Mamoru explains Edwards is this really rich English guy. He spent his whole life working and accumulating money. And then he realized like he had all this money but he didn't have a family. He didn't have friends. Like he had no one to spend this money on. And so he decided he was going to use his money to invest in the future, to invest in uh, children, like young people, like up and coming, like students, et cetera. Yeah. To, to like, he's just like, I don't like, what else is, what else is the money good for essentially, which is actually quite noble. Yeah. And so he's, he's having this whole soiree. So like all of these foreign exchange students were in Japan can like gather and make connections and talk to each other and it's actually like really sweet yeah that's cool i like it he's a cool guy it's great i love which is why he's the target yeah that's why he's the target because he has like this really pure intention of just wanting to help young people and it's really rare that you get something where uh it's a man who's like i just want to help the youth and that's literally that's the actual motivation there's there's right. nothing more sinister behind it he's not secretly he's like, I'm creepy. Here to ha- <laughs> yeah he's like i'm here to help the youth and like he's literally here just to help the youth and it's great yeah um so they go i love a ball scene everybody's wearing their best outfits um usagi is freaking out because they're like oh this this ball will be a great chance to practice our english because again remember they have exams that they have to take and so they're like, this is, this will be great. And Usagi's freaking out because she's really bad at English. Um, and like runs away, like as soon as like these, like people are introduced because she's afraid she can't speak. But then like these boys who look like they stepped out of the Rose of Versailles manga. Um, <laughs> realize the girls aren't strong English speakers. And so they switch to Japanese. Because everybody's in Japan. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like the the inners are like, oh, it's too bad Isagi ran off because, like, this would be fine. And yeah. she's, like, with this English phrase book trying to be like, nice to meet, nice to meet you. Yeah. It's very cute. It's very funny. And she's like, okay, I'm just going to grab some juice. So, of course, she grabs alcohol. Gets drunk. Um, gets drunk as a skunk. Uh, shows up. <laughs> Every, like, the others are alerted that's, like, oh, she accidentally like she thought she was drinking juice she accidentally drank alcohol uh so the others kind of like take her outside to like fan her and just be like oh my gosh are you okay 
Uh, that's when the attack and um, they go in. Haruka and Michiru are there because obviously uh, Haruka dances with Isaki, Michiru dances with Mamoru, and Michiru and Mamoru have a very interesting conversation that I did not write down because I'm a fool. Um, but uh, it does seem very. I don't know how to. It's a very interesting conversation that I can't recall. Uh, yeah. Did you write anything down about it? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> anyway, it's an interesting conversation. Watch, watch the episode. The episode. <laughs> um, Whatever. Uh, Yidiel has infiltrated uh, I, as a Chinese. I do want to like, make a note, as a Chinese So wait, they dance be- mm. They dance before Isagi gets drunk, right? How does that pace No, out? after. No? After? Oh. Well, it's It's cute. after. It's really cute because um, they point out that Usagi is actually a really good dancer. They're watching her with Haruka, and they do kind of chalk it off to like, oh, Haruka's just such a good leader. But like, mm-hmm. it, it don't work like that, fam. Um, but Mm-mm. Usagi mentions that she dances like this in her dreams, which we do like throughout the the anime have seen her dream of ballroom dancing with. Um, with Endymion in the past, you know, her as mm-hmm. the prince and, and him as the prince. So I can't help but wonder, like, oh, that's really cute. Maybe because of her past life, she actually has, like, an innate memory of, like, a subconscious memory of dancing as a princess, having been trained how to dance, you know? Um, but, oh, like, there's cute. so few times Usagi is allowed to be good at something. So that's mm-hmm. why I just wanted to point out Hey, Usagi can ballroom dance. Established in this episode. It's really cute. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. then it gets cut off. So <laughs> anyway, it's dancing. Everybody's dancing. Um, oh, another funny the note. are like <laughs> one more funny mm-hmm. thing. So you know, Michiru and Haruka are there to perform, right? Uh, Haruka is on the piano, accompanying Michiru, who's playing the violin. Uh, the piece that she plays, I forgot to look up which piece it is. <laughs> But it's a really like elementary piece from the uh Suzuki book. So Suzuki Oh um, my god. The Suzuki method is a method of teaching music. Um most famous is Suzuki violin ma- method. And uh it's like within book 1 or early book 2. So it's actually a pretty elementary piece and the the accompaniment uh, even sounds lifted wholesale from the Suzuki accompaniment book. So, uh, anyways, so I guess she just kind of showed up. Maybe, like, maybe Haruka's still learning the piano. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds good, but it, I, I just thought it was funny that, like, this character that's supposed to be such a talented violinist is playing such uh, a elementary piece for this uh, presentation. That's all. Right. I wonder. I wonder if some of that is because of like music rights. I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. Like I. I wouldn't know. Like how many? I don't know what like copyright law in Japan is like. Right. Right. Or maybe they just want to pay homage to uh, the Suzuki method because it's Japanese. So. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure. Even if you found the people who worked on this, they'd be like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, bro, you know that was like 30 years ago, right? Right. Anyways, so... Anyways, so Udiel is there. She's wearing like this red chongsam or like chi pao, so a Chinese uh, dress. 
and she's infiltrated as a Chinese student because that's why she's wearing that outfit and she's wearing glasses and she's like, haha, I'm going to get this old man. And um, she has her daimon like gas the place. And so it's like, oh, we have to get people out. And like Edward sees Udiel kind of standing out there like on the dance floor. And he's like, oh, I have to like, like, miss you. Like, we have to get out of here and like goes to like get her. And she turns around in her chongsam and like she has a gas mask on and it's such an iconic look. Yeah, it's pretty great. I don't look the Daimon doesn't gas the place. She gasses the place. Yeah. And um and then the Daimon comes out and it's like a Cinderella type and she's telling <laughs> she it falls to hurry on up her and it's face. Just like she's like the dress is it's difficult to navigate the stress. Yeah, she like gets out and she like falls on her face because she's like the dress is heavy. It's like, oh lord. Um It's great. I it's love pretty it. Funny. Um it's really funny. She does like undu toi because because it's like waltz stuff. But like interestingly, this has nothing to do with the plot or anything, um, because these are because all of the people, all of the voice actors in this are obviously Japanese people. Yeah. Interestingly, I noticed I that she pronounces the R in toi. Uh huh. So she she goes undu tra. Oh, does and I'm she? like, what? <laughs> yeah. Because she does it a couple times, and I, because like the first time I was just like, did she see the R in Twa? And then she does it again, and I'm like, oh no, she did. Okay, yeah, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I I didn't. I forgot. I think I just forgot to keep take any more notes on this episode, probably because like, I mean, that's it. Like, I did most t- of the meat. Of I the did episode too. That's is done. Um. Yeah. There's there's nothing else. It's basically just okay. Everybody like transforms. They fight. They defeat the thing. Yeah. It's the guy m- doesn't have a talisman. Udiel escapes, whatever. It's the monster of the week formula after that. Um, and mm-hmm. then, and then, like, everything bounces back like nothing happens. Like, he's even like, oh, I don't know what happened. I think I fell asleep for a moment or something. And it's like, everyone totally forgets that anything happened and they just go back to the ball. You know, they fight, no talisman, the ball happens again. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. It's weird. It ends, it ends weird. It does end weird. But then we get into episode 109, which I know is your favorite episode, isn't it? Yes, this is like one of my, I'm, I've never actually like sat down and like actually written out like a top 10 ranking, but like this is really high up there. This is one of my favorite episodes because this is the episode where Minako wants to get her heart crystal stolen. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, so... This is episode 109. This is when everyone's identities are revealed. We open with the Death Busters. So this is, this is, strap in people, it's a two hour episode this week. Um, we open with the Death Busters. Udiel is asking Professor Tomoe to explain, like, the talismans and this Holy Grail. And Professor Tomoe explains that these things have massive power, and if it, and if the, they as the Death Busters get their hands on it, then all of, their goals will be accomplished and like darkness will reign, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But if like the other side gets it, then they'll be destroyed. And that's why we need to find it first. And this is literally the first time they've mentioned the Holy Grail. Up until this point they've only ever talked about the talismans. Yeah, so they finally have a breakdown of that. Then we meet with the with Minoko and the friend group who are studying because mm-hmm. that's that's all they've been doing is studying. And yep. Usagi has this moment where she's like she thinks she's done it. She thinks she's completed a um 
like I guess a math problem. And yeah. and Ami is like actually she's like so proud of herself for a moment and Ami's like actually And like everyone's clapping yeah. and like really praising her. They're like we're like we're so glad you did it and then Ami's like um actually you made a mistake. And then Isagi has a breakdown. Yeah. And honestly same. Yeah, but she was so close and Ami's like but you were so close you're getting so much like next time you'll do it and She's yeah, she's having this breakdown and they're like, hey, you know what? You're you're more you're stronger than you think. You know, this isn't anywhere as bad as when you lost your heart, Crystal. Remember how bad that was? And they all start talking and she's like, yeah, you're right. This is nothing compared to that. And they all start talking about how it was like, how horrible it was as each of them had lost their heart crystals. And Minako sitting there getting depressed because she she's like realizing she's, she's like she's the only one she's who is twitching. Had, yeah. She's the only one who hasn't had her heart crystal stolen. And and she's upset about this and like she leaves later and she asks Minako like why do you think I haven't been targeted? And the others have. And Artemis, like, fully just says, because you're not pure. <laughs> she's like, maybe you're not pure at heart. And she's, like, you know, upset. And she, like, turns on him, like, and she glares. And he's, like, and she's, like, what? And he's, like, nothing. Yeah. Correct move, buddy. Correct move. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> she's- I put in my notes, like, let's be real. He's right. Uh, she's, like, okay. She's like, okay, well, in order to get my heart stolen, like, I have to, like, have a dedication. So she decides to do volleyball again. Uh, and so she's, like, constantly doing serves. And then she realizes that she's hit Usagi because Usagi's come to check up on her. Because she just, like, left. Yeah. And uh, and she explains, you know, like, I just feel down. And, you know, like, all of you guys have been targeted. And, like, I haven't been. And then, he's, like, this, Usagi's just like, do you, do you want your heart crystal stolen? And Minako's kind of like, I mean, yeah. And then Usagi flips out, like, grabs her, like, starts screaming and crying, like, no, Minako, you don't want this. You can't do this. It's terrible. It's horrible. You can't do this. Um, and Minako's like, okay, 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 okay. And so, like, they leave the school, and Luna's, like, trying to make Minako feel better by, like, talking shit about Usagi. And it's just, like, the only reason Usagi was targeted wasn't because, like, she's pure of heart. It's just because she's single-minded in her obsession with Mamoru. Yeah. So he's like Jesus. Yeah, they're pretty brutal about it. Yeah. Anyways, like Minako's just like, well, I want to, I, I want to find out like why, like I want to figure out like how to have a pure heart. And so she goes, uh, like any sensible person, to the bookstore to find a book on how to have a pure heart. And here she runs into Haruka and Michiru, and they see what she's reading, and they're like, oh my gosh, like does she know about the, the talismans? Talisman. Like is she? Is she searching for them? And she turns to them and, you know, they talk for a little bit. And then she's like, hey, what do you guys think someone with a pure heart would do? And then, like, at this moment, like, a like a van, like, shouting for people to donate blood, which is a thing in Japan. They do have, like, vans that go around and, like, ask people to donate blood. It's got, like, a speaker on it. Yeah. And so he's just, like, shouting, like, come donate blood, come donate blood. And then, like, Haruka, like, just... It just comes out of her mouth. She's just like, uh, you could, like, donate blood. You could try and that. Minako's <laughs> like, and Minako's like, cool, and, like, runs out. And they're like, okay, she's definitely not after the talismans, because I can't believe she just did that. Right. <laughs> anyway, Minako decides she's going to hit up every blood donation van in the city and donate all of her blood. And that will prove that she's such a 
true yeah. and giving person. And I don't know if any if how many of the listeners like have watched Crazy Ex Girlfriend, but it has very much uh the vibe <laughs> of the song I'm a good person. Yes, it's true. I'm a good person better than you. <laughs> they um, you know? Yeah. So they they do reveal that she's begun doing it like every other day. And you can see that she's hitting up more than one per day, but they don't reveal exactly like how many per day or how long this goes on for. But um, like all of her friends are concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they do have this funny moment. I think this happens earlier. I'm not quite sure where Usagi does like confront her about it and they accidentally win a bunch of toys from the crane game. I only bring that up because the toys become like recurring theme in the episode. <laughs> Like when yes. she's done, when Miko, Minako's done talking to Haruka and Michiru, she hands them two of the toys because they had so many of them. But um, oh, right, this is when Usagi was like begging and screaming and shaking her, like not to get her heart stolen. Like somehow, like the pressure of like Minako against this machine got them a whole bunch of toys that they don't actually want. And yeah. so, like at the end of it, like Minako's like, "Hey, you want to take some of these off my hands?" And Usagi's like, "Nah." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so like. Um, the other senshi are like getting really concerned. They're talking about what they could do. Meanwhile, Usagi has like talked to Mamoru, who's like, "Well, if she's going to be doing that, make sure that she's staying safe and staying hydrated and having vitamins." Because I think they're kind of realizing that this is something that she's going to be doing for a little bit. You know, like they, th mm -hmm. there's probably no way to stop her to try to make sure that she's do so try to make sure she's doing it as safe as possible instead. So like, Us right. like the other sense, you're like watching her and being like, well, does it really count as a pure heart if um, she's doing it just to have a pure heart? And then they see Usagi come over with a bunch of like vitamins and stuff that like that. And they're like, well, yes, because she's trying so hard that she's neglecting herself to take care of others. They're like, yeah, 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 that counts. That counts. You know, they're like, Minako definitely has a pure heart. Minako definitely has a pure heart. They like do. they're all lying to themselves. Right. And uh, it's great. And so she's walking along with Usagi with with her uh, energy drinks that are like vitamin drinks. And while yeah, they're little, walking is when drinks. she finally gets attacked. And I'll let yeah, you take it Yeah, because Yuri's been seeing her and it's just like, wow, she must be a really selfless person to like constantly donate blood. So it did work. Yeah. Yeah. And so she gets hit and Usagi like sees her and like she gets hit from behind so the heart crystal appears in front of her and instead of like collapsing to the ground like everybody else, she's she stands and then like as Yudiel is like coming out of the car to get the crystal, like Minako's head kind of goes up and she has this creepy look on her face and she's like zombies and she's like, <laughs> I knew I had one. And then like cups her hands around the heart crystal and runs. Yeah, she takes off with it. And so now they're chasing this, you know, zombified Minako who's like laughing hysterically and they wind up in like a parking garage and um, yeah and at this point she collapses yeah she finally collapses in the garage the only one who's caught up with her at this point is like usagi and um and michiru and, and haruka others. yeah michiru and haruka catch up like at the last moment the udl has brings out the um the daemon who was like a door-based daemon who like yeah so at the beginning the of the episode when we're getting all of the exposition we see like Professor Tomoe trying to put a whole door in, like, this microwave thing that they've been using to, like, craft the daemons for the episode, and he, like, saws off just the doorknob for it. So it's a, it's literally called Doorknobber. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, like, that's its that's his actual name. And, like, it says, like, to Yudio, like, I'm actually not good at fighting. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> great. Because the whole time, like, she starts te- yelling at it to attack. And she's like, okay. But she's, like, telling them. I'm just like, what is she- I forget how she's saying it in English. But she, like, doesn't want to. So she's, like, Mm-mm. um, she's, like, announcing it as she's attacking. Like, oh, God, I should have written it down. At- Doing attack reluctantly. Yeah, like, reluctantly, reluctantly. attacking. Exactly. Reluctantly attacking. Reluctantly doing this. And um, she does not want to be there. She does not want to be there. No. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to do this. This I I don't want I don't want to live like this. Um and poor thing, she doesn't have a very long life, so no. it's not gonna be your problem for long, but my it, dear. Yeah. Um so there's this brief moment. Any oh anyway, Usagi Usagi as Usagi has gone in you know, like, when Minako collapses. And, like, Haruka and Michiru, like, none of them are transformed yet. They don't show up as Moon, Uranus, and Neptune. They show up as Usagi, Haruka, and Michiru. And so Yudil's like, what are you gonna do? Like, you're just weak people. And then, like, Usagi's like, fuck it. Guess I gotta transform. I gotta save my friend. Yeah. And so she turns into Sailor Moon, and Haruka and Michiru are shocked, and Yudil's like, what the fuck? Like, that's who you, like, you're Sailor Moon? And then uh, the other two, they're like, well, cats out of the bag and so they transform and so everybody finds out who everyone is and Yudiel is having her mind blown and this poor doorknob or daemon is like I don't want to do this 100, 100% <laughs> does not want to be there um, yeah and um, so like it gets it gets defeated it's a I'm a little sad for it because I'm like you deserve a better life R.I.P. yeah well Sailor, Sailor Moon wasn't even aiming at Dornaber because Dornaber was like please don't hit me hit you know she's like hit you deal yeah. you know hit her I was reluctant <laughs> remember I was reluctant but like as Sailor Moon attacks Udiel, the the attack gets redirected at Dornaber so yeah. she gets destroyed which brings down all the barriers so the other senshi are able to join yeah. them well the, yeah it brings down the barriers, but, like, the other senshi were attacking that. They had already transformed and were attacking to try to get in. Yeah. And, uh, so, Yudiel pulls out this massive flamethrower, but at this point, like, uh, Minako has her heart back inside of her. And so she transforms, uh, she does a- she wrecks the flamethrower with a love me chain. And so, the episode ends with Yudiel escaping and all of the senshi in one room together. And now aware of who, uh... Michiru and Haruka are. They know that. Yeah. They, kn- now, they now know that Uranus and Neptune are Michiru and Haruka, and Haruka and Michiru know that Minako is Venus and Usagi is Moon. Of course, they don't know about the other senses at this point, but yeah. Well, yeah, but you can ex- extrapolate that information. Like if these two are Sailor Moon and Sailor Venus, and those three are Mars, Mercury, and Jupiter. I mean, y'all would think. <laughs> I mean, we haven't, I haven't watched episode 110, so I'm assuming that's what's happening. But then yeah. again, like, it seemed like Usagi had figured out that Uranus and Neptune were Haruka and Michiru when they were on the drive to go get Tuxedo Mask from Tokyo Tower. And, like, then it was never spoken of again. Yeah, they, so, they've retconned this several times already, so who knows? Yeah, um, there's, there's been a lot of giveaways and them being like, oh, my, like, realizing and then, like, just forgetting. Yeah. So everyone... Everyone's got carbon monoxide poisoning, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. This episode's a lot of fun. And um, it does leave off on an interesting note. It, it It's like, seems like, we'll see. But it seems like it's building up to something exciting happening. You know, it's like, 
the reveals are there. Is it actually going to mean anything this time? We'll see. Right. I think in the next couple of episodes, that's when um, Uranus and Neptune finally get their heart crystals taken. And that's when the talismans are revealed. Uh, and they're like, oh, it was inside of us all along. And it's like, yes, you dumb idiots. You weren't fully awakened. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll see when that actually happens. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have those emotions when those episode when we actually watch those episodes. Yeah. but um, and I'm I'm still wondering when Hotaru's gonna come in. But I mean, she, it's, uh, I think in these in the next nine episodes that we're gonna cover. Cool, cool. Well, we will we will see. Any final thoughts before I sign us out? I mean, we did a lot of talking as we got went along. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how things develop since like the story's finally moving now. And it's actually entertaining again. So, yay. Yay. <laughs> At least it's funny. Who knew I would be grateful for Chibiusa? <laughs> I've always loved her, so. And clearly you were correct. Vindication. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Pod or contact us through email at OshiokiyoThePodcast at gmail.com. All that information is in our show notes. Thank you to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. Please rate and review us wherever you find us. Or, skinny gawatte, oshiokyo. Oh,